At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, Jeff Parlay, producer number eight, also producer number five. The Grover Cleveland of producers is here as well. Uh, Parlay, uh, we'll get another, we'll get another dose of Todd tomorrow, but that's enough for that's enough for one day. Uh, he is he is a uh, he's he's insightful. That's the thing when he comes to the in-game stuff. He's very insightful uh, and always humorous and always. Great radio. Uh, this is, uh, we get tweets at Beating the Book, Hayes at uh, Blindman21, working on the holiday, I see. Little emoji. Yes, I am. And again, for those who this applies to, Happy New Year. May you have a prosperous and healthy New Year. Uh, happy Rosh Hashanah. Uh, P2 Fabrication. Uh, followed Gil's tennis bets yesterday for the first time. Score. Thanks, Gil. Uh, Stuart Carlin. When you go to alumni events with college football coaches speaking, the alum wants the spread covered, especially big money donors. It's a thing, he's saying. Getting back to it. We're we going to post that so it was social when I was talking about in the first uh, first segment of this show. Uh, let's see. Logic3227. Wondering if Todd has any soccer bets today. <laughs> we failed to ask Todd if he had soccer bets. He's part of that, uh, the e-soccer betting tree. He has a soccer betting tree that includes Mikey and Todd. That's a whole other thing. David Miller. Todd is a valuable asset for betters when on your show. He had great insight, though he's still a certified mush. I love him. <laughs> and on and on. Uh, let's see here. Um, do, 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 do. We need them tennis. This is from uh, Corbin. We need them tennis picks on Twitter. Didn't hear them while I'm at work this morning. Stay hot, Gil. We going to post those, uh, Jeffrey, on Twitter? Yes, at some point? No? Huh? It'll be there. It'll be there. Okay. <laughs> no promises as to what. It'll be there. Bill McNeil. Hey, Gil, has Todd officially put the mush on your tennis plays, or are they still bettable? Just curious. Hashtag Albatross. <laughs> He's been betting them. So, and as he said, these, these have been too good for, for him to even mush. Uh, John G., I know you always talk price. My book is showing Joker minus two, 127. Um, I jumped on this correct move again. I have a Medvedev ticket, but if you if you have conviction on Joker minus one twenty seven, it's about as good as it's going to get right now. The best price that I the, after that tweet before was brought up, Gil. I went searching. There was a minus one twenty even out there. Oh, Gil. is that right? Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, if I didn't have the Medvedev ticket, if I was coming in this and I looked at the market right now, that would be probably the best bet there. 
But again, I had Medvedev plus 575. He's nowhere close to that now. And the beauty of both the Medvedev and the Krajikova, obviously they got to win their tennis matches, and Krajikova's a dog today, which we're on, but they were on the opposite sides of, in Krajikova's case, Ash Barty, who's already been eliminated, remember, by Shelby Rogers, and in the case of Medvedev, the opposite side of the bracket of Novak Djokovic. So unlike a Sasha Zverev, who has to face a Djokovic in the semifinal. So the draw worked out for us as well in both of those cases. But if you're just landing on it right now, probably the minus 120 or the minus 125 on, on Joker is, is the best thing you'll uh, you'll get. Um, by the way, Jeff, you didn't chime in on my uh, theory about college coaches there before what I said earlier to Todd, where I, I just believe if you're tuning in right now, I really do think... And we'll put it on social later. But I, I really do think we may have entered a post-legalization situation that we didn't necessarily anticipate. Because if you remember, the naysayers did betting where I was like, oh, it's the kids. They're going to get corrupted. Okay, whatever. But what used to be an adorable thing with like a Bill Snyder doing it, maybe one or two other coaches here and there, now maybe it's become so infused in the culture. And these college coaches are keenly aware of it coast-to-coast, nationwide, that they play to the number late in games. We listed three examples just off the top of our head. Maybe there's even a fourth. And you just wonder for all these people who are handicapping college football, and some do it like super seriously with models, talking about Dr. Bob. By the way, he went 7-0, and so it didn't affect him last week. But I wonder what they're, they're thinking. Like, Do they have to be aware? Okay, well, this coach should be flagged because even though my numbers say this, I can't bet this game because of that dude. Your thoughts? I think more than anything, Gil, you're going to find this in games with huge underdogs. I don't think you're going to see this a lot in, in tighter aligned games. I just think you're going to see it like let the Kent State the Kent State game was the perfect example of this of a bad team playing a legitimate top power in the country, and I I don't care what anyone says that was blatant what went on there. They were trying to cover that number. It wasn't they were trying to get the kid practice. Kid miss, the kid obviously needed more practice anyway. He missed two short kicks. And if you want to get a look at him, Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay, a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, maybe you just as easily wanted to get a look at the quarterback or the running back and the wide receivers. I don't even think that logic holds up with that necessarily. Uh, let's bring in Pete, Fuf- Pete Futak, rather, from College Football News, because I broached this with him last night, and Pete said he thought they were giving the kicker a look. Um, Pete Futak, the emperor of collegefootballnews.com. You can follow him at twi- on Twitter, rather, at Pete. F-I-U-T-A-K. How you doing, Pete? Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. And remember, they also had like 27 cracks at the end zone and couldn't get in. I mean, I, I get yeah, what you're saying. But they weren't but throwing, like Pete. They were rushing. So it wasn't like a... Well, but that's what they do. That's the flash-fast offense. I mean, and Kent State's pretty good. I mean, they're going to be in the mix of the MAC title. So uh, they that's kind of what that thing does. I mean... I highly, highly doubt that at that See, you have to understand, one thing about college coaches is they have the, they are the most tunnel visioned people in the world. They do not deal with any other distractions. And I know there's alumni, I know there's numbers. I would be really, really shocked if that is on the mind of a college coach in the thick of a game. They they really don't think about anything other than the next play and the next thing. Well, I think, I, I think I that's be... the point, though. It's not the thick of the game. It's like the game's over. It's completely over. And they it's don't just... think like that, though. Okay. Again, if you're Kent State and you're Sean Lewis and you know you're going to get trashed by Texas A&M, you're looking for anything uh, to come out of that game. And again, if you if you remember the plays, they got stuffed. I mean, I, and that offense is based on Dustin Crum and, and speed and fast, and it's it, it's actually a bad offense to go against the deliberate Texas A&M team. So I, I'm sure it happens. I'm sure there's somebody out there who absolutely has a number in mind who has that in their head. And they're like, oh, it's kind of cool. We're going to cover this thing. I would be highly doubtful that this happens on a regular basis. All right, we're going to bookmark this, me and you, Pete. And we'll get we'll we'll have this discussion again midway through the season, and we'll see what you think. Absolutely. At that point. Um, all right, last night, Ole Miss. And Louisville, and it looked at one point like Ole Miss could adjust. I mean, they could have they just they sort of stopped playing defense. Other way, otherwise, this was going to be a ridiculously blowout, even more than it was. Nineteen point win ultimately for Ole Miss. Or they lost all their guys because they kept hitting him in the head. But yeah, yeah well, can we talk about that for a second? So sure. the, the whole targeting deal 
where, you know, every time we looked, we were doing primetime action. So, you know, we're doing a show and we had one eye on the game. So we don't get every detail precise. But so at one point there was four targetings, four ejections right from the game, at least one of which when I look down, I'm like, what's that guy supposed to do on defense? Right. Like he's not hit him in the head. No, it's, it's, look, they figured it out. Most defenses have. And it's you have to look. I mean, I, the NFL, and we've talked about this before. I don't care about the NFL guys. Look, you're getting paid good jillions of dollars. You know, whatever happens, happens. But these are still college kids. And I don't quite understand the pro brain trauma crowd who are like, well, it's part of the game. Let's play. I know it's a, a no, game no, Pete, stop. Come on. You can't protect this. I, I listen. I know not hit him in the head. Okay. We're all for that. I, I'm not. A, we're well, not that's pro- the rule. Then that's it. Okay. But we're not pro brain trauma. Stop doing that. We, we are. We, we've all played football. It's even if we're like seven years old or 17 years old or however old, we've all played football at some point in our life. And, you know, there are plays where you can't avoid that. You would concede that, right? Like a guy ducks his head and it just happens to crack into your head or your head just happens it as he goes. You can't anticipate what a guy's going to do. Sometimes it's legit. Like that Matt Corral play, for instance, right where he slid. I mean, targeting without question, right? Throw well, the flag. crunch if you know the Happy Days reference where the two guys demolition yeah. from both sides. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, oh, my God, you're going to. I would actually argue that that play, unlike any others, are the ones that you can't hold up on. I know you're supposed to hold up when a quarterback is sliding. And that's kind of the problem here is that it's hard to kind of legislate which plays the guys can hold up on and which can't. So I do get that. I, absolutely. In the, in the thick of a game. And, and I do think it's slightly unfair that a, a, a running back or an offensive player can lower his head and bang with the crown and do that. And yeah. it, it is inconsistent in that way. It is a measure. And it did what, what this has done though, is it has eliminated the kill shot from college football. And Yes, I do think that the it's a little excessive. I don't think they should lose another game. I don't think they should be suspended for the first half of the next game. I do think it needs to be tweaked. Uh, and like maybe you you're out for the next six series. Or I, five think they, I think they. I mean, not that we need another layer of this, but I mean, obviously, if we're if we, you kind of do need two levels of this. You need one that's an ejection, and you need one that's kind of not. I think. But problem then, is, yeah. How do you measure intent? How I know. I know. You're right. Even as I say, it's a it's a violent sport. And like, look, the, actually, the first. It was like if you remember, it was like the first or second play of the game or it, and the uh, Ole Miss uh, safety came up and just had a beat on what looked like a defensive defenseless receiver and he turned head, lowered shoulder and just rocked him and then it was like that's how it is. This is a violent, brutal brutal game. Yeah. All this is doing is it's making coaches coach differently and it's not happening on every play and look, defenses are, football's figured it out so uh, I don't quite get the crowd that's like, oh, just let them you know, hit these guys you're mischaracterizing it. I'm not going to let you do that. Here's the thing. Matt no, Corral. That's what's happening. Yeah. These guys are, well, well, not these with guys me. It's not happening. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. What I'm saying is you have a two-hour. What ended up happening last night is you ended up having a two-hour first half. And just from a sports standpoint, um, there is, you know, there is this risk, I guess what I'm saying is, are, are we are we calling it too stringently where a game is interminable at that point? Listen, for those of us betting and those of us who had winners, I did not. I had an end game that ended up losing. But for those who are winning bets, we don't care. Take as long as you need. But just from a, from a fan standpoint, anyway, I want to move on this because I don't want to get dragged down in it. Matt Corral was phenomenal last night. 381 yards passing. Uh, and his Heisman numbers are 13 to 1 right now, I believe we said earlier. Um, that sounds to me about as good of a bet after week one, I think, in that market, as I can kind of see. I mean, there are other guys at different numbers, but that's pretty darn good. What would you think about that? He's going to have his chances, and that Ole Miss offense is going to be fun. They're going to play Alabama. They're going to play all the big boys from the SEC West. So uh, his numbers are going to be there all season long. Uh, And, look, it's Louisville. Louisville's defense is not that good. But he had a great game. He's a great player. But it all is going to come down to, Excuse me. Can he beat Texas A&M? Can he get by uh, Alabama? What does he do in those games? Because those are the Johnny Manziel games. Those are the games that show up and just say, and say is, are you a Heisman guy or not? But at the very least, what do we know about these opening weekends is that sometimes when everyone's watching, like the is not watching uh, Ole Miss and, uh, and uh, Louisville on a regular Saturday, but there was nothing else on, so everyone was watching that. It gets you on the radar, whether it was Jameis Winston against Pitt in that first game that kind of like, oh, wait a minute, that guy's, this guy's going to have a big year. I, I thought Josh Rosen was going to have that kind of year against Texas A&M a couple years ago, so it does depend. But at the very least now, yeah, it's on the radar. 
and especially with you know some of the other Heisman guys out, you know out of this like DJ Uyunglele is out I mean Sam Howell is out uh, Spencer Rattler is still in but eh, so there's it's still going to be a relatively wide open field so yeah sure 13 to 1 it's not crazy oh this is going to be volatile just like last year it's going to change from week to week the favorites are going to change in that category it's going to be very interesting with the Heisman let me ask you about where you stand on Clemson after they lose to Georgia 10 to 3 uh, the only score being a pick six um, off of Yuan Galilei and Clemson. So there's a camp now that I'm hearing, and this is all, you know, sort of just talking to people. There's a camp who says, hey, you know what? Uh, we always knew they had Georgia here at a neutral site. And so what? However they lose, they lose. That was always a possibility. It's still the ACC. They're still going to run the table. They're still going to be fine. They're still going to be in the playoffs. There's that camp. Then there's the other camp who watch that game and are like, huh, DJ looked a little heavy, a little slow. They have real bad offensive line problems. I'm not sure that this is the Clemson team that we should just count on to be the Clemson of old. And, you know, Sean King, who hosts the Nightcap, who co-hosts the Nightcap with Tim Murray here at Vison, he called it before the season. He thinks Clemson's a 9-3 and football team. There's that camp as well that's seriously worried and doesn't think this is going to be business as usual. Where do you stand on the Tigers? Can I be in the uh, Clemson's not going to have Georgia's defensive front stopping on Uyunglele's head all game long camp? Uh, it, it's I, I'm kind of in both. I, I do I do see what you're talking about, and and yes. On the one hand, that was one of those games that one team had to lose, duh. But like one team, you know, someone had to lose this. If Georgia was on the 10-3 side of this, we'd probably have the other discussion. But remember, they only scored three points that offense. The the defense got the other one. Uh, that was just those two defenses were killer, and I think we're kind of overlooking just how good the Clemson defense was. Remember last year, as good as Clemson was, they couldn't run the ball. You know, Travis Etienne had an okay year. I know he's on all the Doak Walker stuff and everything, but he wasn't the same back just because he didn't have the blocking. And Uyunglele is still going to need time. I mean, he's you know he's an NFL franchise quarterback. But again, that pass rush from Georgia was killer. I kind of am, I'll put me in the camp that says. Clemson is going to go win every game 45 to 10 the rest of the way. They win the ACC championship and they go 12 and one. Now the question is, is Ohio State undefeated? Is Oklahoma undefeated? Is the SEC champion undefeated? And is the SEC loser like Georgia going 12 and one? Then what do you do? Or if there's an outlier out there, what, what if there's a Cincinnati who goes undefeated? So Clemson doesn't necessarily control its own destiny, but we do know that it's Clemson. It's not Georgia. They're going to rip through the rest of the schedule. And then on the flip side, look at Georgia's schedule. We talked about this last night. There's Florida, and there's a whole lot of double-digit spreads coming Georgia's yeah. way the rest of the way. George, Georgia's in, man. I'm telling they're in. Like, that's that game is the tiebreaker of all tiebreakers. And just like you said, their schedule uh, makes it seem like they're, they're virtual lot. You and I have had playoffs. fights over the years over the college football playoff committee and deserve and stuff. But yes. You and I, I think, are going to be on the same page on this one. Yeah. Where I'm already mad that the committee <laughs> is going to do the thing where it's, yeah. it's a, oh, this is the hot team now. This is the this is the team that's rolling. Forgetting that this Georgia team, you know, yeah, okay. So then, let's say Alabama beats Georgia, you know, 38 to 20 or something, pretty convincingly in the SEC championship, and then they kind of forget that, oh yeah, that team. That didn't have all its receivers beat Clemson, who's now 12 and one in the ACC championship, and they're, they they, they kind of get dogged in all this. So uh, it happened to Texas A&M last year. They their one loss was to, on the road to Alabama. That's their one sin, and they got punished for it. So uh, I we'll we'll see. Let's let's see what happens from here. But I do think Clemson's going to rip through this. I love that we could already talk about this uh, through the prism of futures bets uh, because already after week one, that's the that's the intrigue of college football, at least with a four team playoff. Uh, all right. Un- Unders in the first week, unders in games involving at least one FBS team, 44-22-1. So two-thirds of games went to the under. Aberrational or a thing? Uh, I'm going to say in one more, give it one more week and see if this happens because what seems to be happening is that the numbers are artificially high because everyone's assuming that everyone's in a shootout. And what's happening is the biggest games like Clemson, Georgia, like Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, like even North Carolina, Virginia Tech, the defenses were just ahead of the offenses. I do think that there is a shift where uh, you do have a focus over this long offseason that said we've got to figure out how to combat these massive uh, offenses 
they're just ripping through everything. And I do also think that, you know, it's just teams aren't cranking it out yet. Teams aren't sharp yet. You're seeing teams that are struggling a little bit. And then also to your point before about the targeting rules is that these games really are dragging. And mm-hmm. I just kind of, they, they just, they get tired. I just, like last night, Ole Miss kind of got sleepy after a while, which on the one way is good for the defense for the over because they started giving up points. But they, I just think that these games kind of drag out a little bit and it's hard to get to some of these big numbers. So I think one more week, I think you keep hammering the unders and the lines haven't shifted yet. They, uh, they have not uh, shifted to anything yet from the initial line. So if you yeah. want to get down the unders, this is the week to jump in. Yeah. Dr. Bob's going to be on the show later this week. He has a theory on this. Um, okay. So moving, well, okay. One more macro question before we go to next week. Actually, we don't have much time. So let me, let me just go to next week. Uh, Ohio state opened as a 13 point favorite over Oregon. It's already North of 14. Uh, when you were on primetime action last night with, uh, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin and I, uh, and me, we, we talked about, I said, okay, so, uh, Oregon, uh, so Thibodeau, who's projected as the number one pick in the draft by the likes of Mel Kuyper, he's out with the injury. Two days extra rest for Ohio State um, and prep, obviously. they fly. Uh, Oregon flies cross-country. It's a 9 a.m. body clock start. Full house at the horseshoe. That makes sense, that move then, doesn't it? Well, but I, I, I tend to. I, the problem is the starting twenty-two of Oregon is just as talented as the starting twenty-two of Ohio State. Uh, they've recruited great over the last few years. They've got the guys. Question is if Anthony Brown can be that guy at quarterback. He's been around for forever. Uh, I, that's a lot of points to be given away to a team that might win the Pac-12 title. I, I do think that there's going to be overreaction because Oregon struggled against Fresno State, but I kind of like Oregon and the points here. Week two, as you look ahead, I know it's preliminary, but what game or games do you like the best? I apologize to you and the audience for giving you Duke (laughs) against Charlotte last week. I apologize for Monmouth. I apologize oh, for Monmouth. Duke, Duke gave it away. They had it and gave it away. That's the, But I'll make it up to you. On the side I picked in the game preview, I said, UMass will not score. They might never score. They're Beavis on this. Here lies Beavis. He'll never score. UMass doesn't score. And they, I picked it as 51-7. It was 51-6. The line for Boston College and UMass should be about 45, and it's not. So you talk about the overs and unders. UMass had scored, they only scored one touchdown in their four games of last year, and that was an, oh, by the way, just late score. And they only scored more than, they only scored 10 points. They are not going to score more than 10 points against Boston College. So however you want to take that, I do think the line, as big as it is, I think it was 38 the last 37 time I saw. 37 and a half, I'm saying. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. fine. You know, because it's probably going to be 45 10 at worst and maybe 45 three. So either you liked the under on this or, and you think UMass is going to score or you'd like Boston college easily in that. All right. Is there one more in our last 30 seconds or is that the the main Uh, one? You know, I'm the power five snob. It didn't quite work out for me all that well last week, but South Carolina is way too close to East Carolina. It's an X factor of a team. We don't know what it is yet, but I do think that South Carolina is not getting a whole lot of love against an East Carolina team. It's good, uh, but might have problems with the uh, Gamecock running game because South Carolina, they looked pretty, I know it was a, you know, an easy layup of a week one, but they looked pretty good and East Carolina struggled. So power five snob in me says that take the, the bad SEC team over the bad American athletic conference. Team. South Carolina, two point dogs uh, at East Carolina. And that one, by the way, South Carolina on the money line, in case you were wondering, as I peruse plus one Oh five ish in that pocket, Pete Futak, nice everybody too. protector of the shield at Pete. F I U T A K. I'm a corporate. <laughs> show. Yes, absolutely. I owe you a text, Pete. I'll get it to you today, I promise. Anytime, go. You have a good Thank one. Thank you, Pete. You too. Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com is where you can check out just a treasure trove of college football content. Does such a wonderful job. We'll come back. Jeff and I will look at week one in the NFL and a little later, Paul Sport, DFS Baseball. It's a numbers game at Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Back on a numbers game, proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. That's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. By the way, his last name is pronounced Parles. Um, but we call him Parlay. Who, who's the first person to call you Parlay? Brad Porus, I think, right? I, I think it was either Porus or Vinny. It was Porus. It was Porus, and then I immediately went with it, and then Vinny, I think. He liked it so much. It, it, it was, it was yeah. never no turning back on one slow jam on <laughs> Friday. No, Mickey Moran uh, tweet. We had tweets. 
Uh, Todd Wished has been there less than 24 hours, and he's already disrupting the tennis numbers. Chaos. Bill Hooker. Todd interrupting Gil giving out tennis picks akin to interrupting Clapton during a guitar solo or Rembrandt while painting. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. Uh, exceedingly kind. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. I don't want to Ron Burgundy through this. I'll, I'll read beforehand before I go through this because we got to get to some football, Jeffrey, me and you. All right, week one, National Football League, because we don't have a guessing lines show on week one. Um, although Chrissy was kind enough to come in yesterday. Guessing lines always starts on week two. Remember, Megapod Thursday, this Thursday it starts. Todd Wishnet, Mike Palm, and I live at the D every Thursday, although Todd's usually remote. Uh, but Mikey and I are live at the D, and then we have a rotating guest. Brady Cannon's always in the leadoff spot, uh, winner of a past Super Contest. He will be our guest uh, this Thursday as well. But guessing lines, since we didn't get to do guessing lines, Jeff, let's just take this one game by one game. We'll do these kind of rapid fire through the prism of our contest, because you are going to have a contest entry as well, right? Yeah, I'm, I myself and uh, Mr. Reynolds are. Uh, oh, are, you and Wes. Wes was telling me that are, you guys are together in uh, in the millions. There's yeah. an alliance. No one yeah. would never. No one would ever really sort of predict. Well, nice. Wes and I have worked a lot over the last uh, yeah nine months together. By the way, we're going to get Wes on the Megapod this year too. Absolutely, let's get Wes on there. That's an oversight on my part. All right, so we'll do this through the prism of our again five picks ATS. What are you considering? What's a lock to be in your picks? What are you considering? And what are you absolutely not considering? All right? Against the spread, five picks. Uh, Dallas at Tampa Bay, Thursday. Tampa Bay favored by eight. This will not be in the contest for me. Are you in Survivor? I am not. If I was in Survivor, this would be my Survivor play. Okay, but not a contest. Not a contest play at eight. For me, a consideration in the contest. Just because I think that Zach Martin injury is really underplayed. Uh, okay, Sunday morning, Arizona at Tennessee. Tennessee favored by three. I want no part of this game whatsoever. No, thank you. <laughs> so, no, thank you. I think we're in agreement there. Uh, Jacksonville at Houston, much talked about as a uh, survivor double option, to use the Derek Stevens phrase, uh, game. Jaguars are two and a half point variance. Now, keep in mind with all of this with the contest, we don't know the exact numbers that are going to come out on Wednesday, right? So some of these are not going to be the numbers we quote right now, right? Uh, by the time they come out with the numbers on Wednesday, uh, which is tomorrow, obviously. But we just don't know exactly how they will play it. Sometimes they shade in one way or the other. But Jacksonville at Houston, might this be a contest play for you? I would only take the points. You would only take the Texans? I would only take the Texans, yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I am going to be okay with myself if I get a loss on this game either way. I will hate myself. I, I'm definitely, I definitely wouldn't take the Jaguars in a contest, that's for sure. Much of this is, is to prevent self-loathing. You should, you should know it's my true. primary motivation is to prevent self-loathing. Uh, Minnesota at Cincinnati, also early on a Sunday. Minnesota, a three-point road favorite. I want no part of this. I actually would not have a problem with Minnesota. The only problem is I have a feeling that's going to be in a lot of entries, especially squarer entries, Gil, because the Bengals are without... They're top two, top two corners this week. Mm-hmm. And you know Adam Thielen and, and Jefferson will have big games. With that said, Minnesota is one of those teams that I think their defense stinks. So Joe Burrow scares me. In the end, it probably is a stale. In the traditional sense, I like this game over that 48. I, that I will tell you, Gil. That you do like. Yes. Okay. Again, through the prism of our contest here, Seattle at Indianapolis. Seattle favored by two and a half on the road. No. I don't trust Seattle early in seasons. I do think they win, but it wouldn't shock me if this is one of those 17-16 yeah, games. I don't love that game either. So what do I like so far? Maybe Tampa Bay so far? <laughs> Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Here's another one. I know we've been down on Pittsburgh all off season, but I'd actually like to see them play a football game before I fade them you know, and give them six and a half points in a contest. I, I, would, I would feel comfortable laying with Buffalo here. Mm. At home, full crowd back now. The only question is, and I brought this up when I was filling in for Tim Murray over the summer, is there any credence to the fact that Josh Allen's three worst games of the season last year were games where there are actually fans in the stands? Will he struggle with the full crowd back? That's a thing? We're trying to make that a thing? Stop it. Fun. So you think Josh Allen wilts when human beings we'll are see. watching him? I mean, look, we, we, we saw how <laughs> average he was before that's, the fans disappeared. That's the difference of Josh Allen, that there's no human beings present. 
Get that guy in a bubble. All right, we got uh, that's only six games. We got ten more to get to. I will find plays uh, from here on out. Uh, week one, National Football League through the prism of our contest entry, uh, entries, and Paul Spore on DFS baseball coming up. Numbers game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Football season is here and starting Saturday, we have new talent and shows to help you make the most of your fall betting action. The VSIN lineup will expand to 21 hours of live programming every weekday, as well as additional shows on the weekend. We want to give you the latest odds to stay on top of the in-game betting opportunities for every key game across the country. We have added new personalities to our existing world-class team, including former professional athletes, sports media veterans, and of course, strategic sports bettors. Visit VEASAN.com to see our new lineup and talent and make this your best football betting season ever. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay, producer number five is here. We get tweets at beating the book. Greg V, uh, regarding what you're talking about uh, with college football, had a co-worker in a betting institution, uh, went to school with the interim high sc- uh, head coach at a uh, Power 5 school in a, couple, a couple years ago. You can probably guess who based on where I am. And insists that said interim head coach was a degenerate gambler who would have bet his own games. Doesn't surprise me in the least bit. Trip Tepper, college football coaches want to keep boosters happy. The last thing they want is an unhappy booster with a losing ticket in their pocket. Pre-widespread legalization. Barry Switzer openly talked about being very conscious of covering the spread to keep boosters happy. Yeah, I forgot about uh, referencing Switzer. Um, let's see. Ace DiCardano. Ace DiCardano talking about our conversation with Pete Futek. He said, I'm convinced Pete Futek has never watched a September game coached by James Franklin. Uh, also, Todd is great. Always appreciate the feedback on everything. Oh, and Z Free, thank you for the uh, clarification because I was racing through reasons why Ohio State's number uh, raced past the 14. First of all, opened high at 13 and then raced past the 14 against Oregon. But he just wanted to point out uh, uh, Thibodeau is day-to-day. So, yes, I was, I was not clear on that. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is day-to-day for Oregon. Just one of the reasons, though, because of the day-to-day that it might have uh, influenced things as well. But, yes, day-to-day officially. All right, Jeffrey. Uh, you ready to continue with these games? Again, which are we definitely having in our contest, our contest picks? Which are we considering? Which are we absolutely not going to have in there? Um, so far, I've got about one that I'm only considering. San Francisco at Detroit. Uh, it's not a long teaser leg because it's a road favorite of 7.5, but nonetheless, it's the Niners traveling to Detroit as 7.5-point favorites. I will consider the Niners here. Consider. That hook scares me. Yeah. The back door is going to be open if Detroit can stay competitive here. I also like there's there's too many seven and a halves where it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna win any contest laying seven and a half left and right, you know. But like there's some that are tempting this week for sure. All right, here's the closest line game of the week: Chargers at Washington. Chargers favored by one could be a pick 'em. We don't know what the contest number is going to be tomorrow, but it's basically a coin flip. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. Chargers are the better football team, but they're traveling across the country to play a great defense. That's, how, that, that's a no thank. How dare you? It's blasphemous. No, I think you're probably right. Uh, Jets at Carolina. Your New York Jets, Jeffrey Parlay, at Carolina. Carolina favored by five. So, I have to see what the congregation is with my entry, but... I would take the five. This is a congregation entry for sure. So yeah. on primetime action, because my thought is, oh, I like those points with the Jets. Yeah, their defense is going to be terrible. And Matt Brown, we share a primetime action. Me, Matt, and Kelly share a primetime action entry. We're going to have a discussion about this game because I think Matt likes the Panthers. So this one might be our fifth sort of debate game. Philadelphia at Atlanta. Atlanta's favored by three and a half. I think you could talk me into Atlanta here. There's a scenario where Philadelphia is not good at football. You, you could talk me into taking the three and a half with Philly, even oh, though I man. think they're going to stink this year. Because the one thing we do know about Atlanta, Gil, their defense is still absolutely horrible. Do we so, know that? What do we know? I, look, they, they didn't improve that defense at all yeah. from last year, which and it was an abomination last year. So you could talk me into Philly, the three and a half here, Gil. Cleveland at Kansas City, marquee game of week one in the National Football League. Kansas City favored by six. 
Gil, I, I wouldn't be shocked that Cleveland wins this game outright. So. I mean, I want to take the six, but then the Patrick Mahomes is still on the other side hey, of the field, isn't that it? Is, that is a problem. Yeah. But I would Cleveland six is definitely in consideration. By the way, this was such a great exercise in theory that we're like, oh, yeah, we'll do <laughs> I don't like anything. <laughs> I don't like anything at all. Green Bay at New Orleans, not at New Orleans. Now, this is neutral, right? Jacksonville. This is at a neutral site because of the fallout of Hurricane Ida. So Green Bay, four-and-a-half-point favorites at New at. New, versus New Orleans at Jacksonville. Hmm? Yeah, Green Bay at four is still good, Gil. If it's four, you'll play it. If it's four and a half, you won't. Is that what you're saying? I think even a four and a half, that's still it's still good. Even if this game was in New Orleans, I would. I, I think this is a Green Bay stomping of the Saints here. All right, these next two are going to be in my entry. Denver's three point. So here's the thing. Now I'm seeing threes. Right, Denver's three at the Giants. If it's a two and a half, I'm definitely playing Denver. If it's a three, I'll probably play them too. Two and a half, definitely lean on Denver. Three, it's a, again, you'd be looking at the push there. The Denver by three is, to me, the most logical final score in this. Denver minus one was the only bet, or minus one and a half is the only bet I've had in my account during the offseason, week one against the Giants. I just don't buy into the Giants hype. So I'm inclined to, we'll see what the number is again tomorrow, but I'm inclined to include Denver. Miami's at New England. New England now creeping up to three. I, I love New England at two and a half. Now it's going to be three. Now we got to make a decision here. I think New England's going to be part of mine. Even at three, I like the Patriots. Me too. So Denver and the Patriots, pretty strong conviction for me. And then one of those bigger favorites from before. Then the primetime games, we have another big favorite. Right? The Rams are seven and a half point favorites hosting the Chicago Bears. The debut of Matthew Stafford in a Rams uniform. And Andy Dalton, as Matt Nagy wanted to remind you a hundred times this offseason, will be the Bears' starting quarterback. Would you lay the seven and a half on Sunday night football? No. I don't want anything to do with this game. It wouldn't shock me if the Rams' offense takes a little time to get going because they didn't play their starters at all in the preseason. First game, new system for Stafford. It wouldn't shock me if it takes a while for their offense to get going. wouldn't shock me if Chicago is leading at halftime here and the Rams win by four Gill, so stay off for me here. Hmm. So far, I like the the Broncos, the Patriots, and maybe the Buccaneers. And then finally, Monday night, Baltimore at Vegas, Las Vegas. Baltimore four and a half point favorites. Baltimore's banged up left and right now. Gill, I really like the Raiders. I don't like them for the season. I don't think they're really going to be any good. But for one night, with that joint having fans for the first time ever there, and like you said, Baltimore is banged up. They just they're down to one running back that was on the roster that was expected to be there uh, preseason. They had to work out Le'Veon Bell yesterday. To oh, my God. Running back uh, after Justice Hill ruptured his Achilles in practice. So, I, look, I why won't one they, night. By the way, why won't they say Mohammed Ibrahim, uh, Mohammed Ibrahim's? They're not going to. Why won't, they call it a, why won't they call it a ruptured Achilles? What is it like? You can't say that out loud anymore? I'm sorry. It's a lower leg injury. V- Vegas, Gil. Yeah. Especially if it gets to five, Vegas. Um, I took a tour of Allegiant Stadium. Did I say this on air? And it was like so much Raiders inundation. Right, the stadium's beautiful. Allegiant Stadium is glorious. And why UNLV can't recruit just based on that stadium, I have no idea. They should moving forward. But as I was uh, leaving the tour guide, it was just so much Raiders inundation that we had masks on. You know, as I walked out past him, I was like, "Yeah, man, you've only won a Super Bowl. You've only been to one Super Bowl in 37 years." And they couldn't tell who said it. Just had too much of that Raiders talk. Um, I think I said that already on the air. So basically, for me, Denver. New England, maybe Tampa Bay, and then I'll have to figure out two others. Week one, National Football League. It's so great to talk football, man. So great. We'll come back. Paul Spore, DFS Baseball, and his thoughts on baseball. Next, Numbers Game Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. No one raises the stakes for English Premier League action like BetMGM. Sign up for the BetMGM app using code VSIN100. And if your first wager is a $1 money line bet on any EPL game, you'll receive $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. The opportunities to win big this season don't stop there. Try BetMGM's one-game parlay feature to make selections within a single soccer game. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the bonus code VSIN100 to win $100 when you bet on any English Premier League game and either team scores a goal, bet fearlessly on dozens of sports at BetMGM, the king of sports books. New customer offer, paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay, producer number 8. 
uh, previously producer number five, is here as well. Uh, Jeffrey was uh, was getting tennis money all around town yesterday. And uh, you know how people in this town, like sports bettors, they wear it as a badge of honor that they get banned from certain sports books. It's like a big thing. Like, ah, I'm banned there. If you bet there, you must not be that good. No, dude, the game is to not get banned, right? Like, this is the whole game. They're playing the game of, look at me, I'm banned. My whole thing is, what can I do not to get banned? And so there is a new sports book in town, right, at uh, over there at Resorts World, where I, I happened because I saw certain lines and I made a bet there. And so I, I went there yesterday to collect, um, you know, not a massive amount of money, but not a negligible amount of money, um, four figures worth of, or, of money. And, uh, you know, they asked me, all right, can I have your, uh, your Resorts World number and stuff, right? I was like, I don't, I don't have anything. Can I have your ID? I was like, uh, you know, I was like, so basically I, I'm sort of like, uh, oh, no, it's, it's, it was in my car, right? And it was. I didn't bring it in because I just wanted to come in and out. I just left my, my stuff in my car, which I shouldn't do, but I was only going to do it for five minutes, so I did. And I'm like, well, you're putting us in a bad position. We'll let it go this time, but uh, don't let that happen again. So what that, so again, you can get, ousted from there in a heartbeat, it seems like, right? And people have had stories about this because they're not, you know, their sports book is not their main thing. The The property is gorgeous and the sports book is not really like their main sort of focus. It's, they don't want it to be a lost leader. Let's put it that way to use the business term. Um, but what it did convey to me is you got to be really, again, if you don't, if you want to have that as a possibility to bet moving forward, uh, don't go too crazy don't come back tomorrow and do the same thing, right, and win again. That ain't going to fly. So I'm just going to bet, you know, so you just sort of go away from there for a while and maybe, like, I don't know, if I see something two, three months from now, I, I just want to have it there. That's the, that's the game. I always, I always sort of snicker to myself and be like, oh, I'm banned there. I'm so great. You, you're not impressing me, dude. You're not impressing me. We all could, there's a lot of us who could get banned if we behaved in a certain way. And that's not some that's not some nonsense. That's just it just shows you how people like to to sort of brag and boast about stuff like that. And I'm like, that that's not how you should play this. You should know what their business models are and then don't be and then play accordingly. Anyway, just a thought from yesterday as I was going around town. Thought it might be useful to somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, uh Paul Sporer from Fangraphs and the Sleeper in the Bus podcast. And, of course, twitch.tv slash Sporer, where not only can you watch him play video games, you can watch him set lineups. And that, apparently, is very exciting as well. It's Paul Sporer, everybody. How you doing, Paulie? I'm doing well, Gil. How are you? Paulie, I always remember. This is the first exchange we ever had about Twitch back in the day. Because you were, like, the first adopter. I was like, what are you doing? And, and, you, were, and you were like, yeah, no, people, people watch me set my lineups. <laughs> I just yeah. remember thinking, wait a minute, out. you're not actually playing the video game? You're just setting your lineups and they're interested? That is the power of Paul Spore, everybody, at Spore, S-P-O-R-E-R. Um, all right, so let me start with DFS. Let's start there to get that out of the way. Uh, full slate of baseball here on a Tuesday, which is nice to have you on a Tuesday instead of a Monday for that purpose. Yeah. There is a game at Coors. Do we start there? Always. I mean, you always got to check out. You got those San Francisco Giants out there. Uh, you got to be getting into that game. Just the way the Giants offense has been this year, there's no shot. I'm building a lineup without a couple Giants in there, which means, of course, you're going to have to finagle it and be careful. Probably can't get Cole, Nola. Um, you wouldn't really want Webb at 9,500, though. Don't be surprised if he pitches well. Still not using a course pitcher. Uh, Blake Snell has really turned his season around late. He's pitching remarkably well. He's at 9,200 tonight. I might consider him as my ace and then look for somebody in the middle uh, that you can get as a cheaper pitcher. I I don't know that Drew Rasmussen's going to get five innings. Of course, you really want to try to get a win in DraftKings there, but he has been pitching well as a starter. I might get a little crazy and take like a James Caprillion who has been down of late. Make no mistake. You know, the Tigers got to him. He gave up six against the Yankees, but he's been pitching well overall this year. He and Logan Gilbert are kind of similar. You can tell they're hitting that rookie wall, but you got to look for some of that cheap pitching. Uh, Eric Lauer was a sneak guy for a while. He's now up to 8,800. So I'll tell you what, I'll go max free to 8,600 and Drew Rasmussen 7,300. Then I'm stacking that lineup with Colorado and Giants guys. Other teams to maybe look at, Baltimore and KC. Uh, in Baltimore, you know how Camden can be in the summer, but especially the Baltimore players against Jackson Coar, who's, you know, he had that terrible debut. He hasn't been that bad since, but uh, I would definitely look at getting some Orioles too because people aren't always on them uh, because they're not a great team, but their home park is awesome and their offense isn't too bad. 
All right, let's go back to the NL wild card race because there's some people who want to bet yes nos when they pop back up on uh, at certain books. Yes no to make the playoffs and. The Padres have a one-game lead over Cincinnati. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, one-game lead over Cincinnati and a, what is it, 71-66. It's a two-game lead over the Phillies. The Phillies and the Reds, the Reds now have the, have the single easiest. No, no, it's the Phillies again now. The Phillies have the easiest remaining strength of schedule uh, combined opponent winning percentage, 445 in their final 25 games. The Reds nice. have the 29th easiest at 450 with their remaining 23 games. And the Padres famously have the single hardest remaining schedule in baseball, 25 games remaining, a 592 uh, combined opposing winning percentage. But yet they have still maintained this, right? They're a game ahead. And I guess the question to you is, because I said yesterday, I go, I'm never doing remaining strength of schedule ever again if the Padres make the playoffs based on this. Because it's so... I mean, it can't be any more stark, and yet these teams can't seem to overcome them. How do you see this playing out in the end? You know, I think it's a good, uh, if it does happen to go San Diego's way, it's a good exercise in realizing that these are just percentages and probabilities, something that we deal with all the time in this avenue, mm-hmm. but maybe sometimes we forget, especially when we see such a stark edge, like this this has to come through. And it's like, well, no, it's, it's still just a high probability to do so, not necessarily guaranteed. I mentioned uh, Blake Snell pitching well earlier. That's been key for them with Musgrove. If they could get Darvish back on track, I'd really like their chances better. I'm still nervous about this Padres team though because their pitching isn't anywhere near where it was early in the year and that schedule is going to be difficult I imagine there's a lot of Giants Dodgers games that are are boosting that up uh, with, with, with regards to their strength of schedule in fact I see that starting Friday they have seven against those two teams on the road no less so I'm still looking at the other two teams uh, with Phillies and Reds even though they keep trying to give it away you know we talk about my Tigers all the time they played uh, spoiler on the Reds opportunities there that you just can't pass up. The Tigers have played well since May. I'm not just saying that because they're my club. They really have. If you look that eight and 19 in, in April, they've been playing well since, but teams like the Reds, even the A's who uh, didn't do as well against them, they need to win those games. So I still like this Reds club. They've been playing a lot better. They fixed their bullpen to a degree that it's not horrendous. That's the team I would still favor. I like them over the Phillies. Um, and and I, I just think that schedule is going to catch up to the Padres. The biggest X factor, though, would be Darvish turning it back around. Then you'd have Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove pitching the way that they should. Then I could start to see being interested in the Padres. But right now, I'm picking the Reds still. Okay. Uh, real quick, Jeff, a real inter- or just a brief interruption. You asked me a question on text yesterday about odds when a team like the White Sox, what was the, what was the juxtaposition you were asking about? Yes, so at BetMGM, the White Sox are 3-1 to one to win the American League pennant. Mm-hmm. But there is a prop of which division will win the American League pennant, and the AL Central is plus 333. Yeah, so it's counterintuitive to you. So the, the reason for that is because in the division prop, you're basically facing other teams when you're talking about the Central – other divisions that have more contending teams currently to get into the play postseason. That's why it's slightly longer. That applies to the NL Central too, I imagine, or, or was that the same case? Same case. Same case, right, because there's more teams vying for it in the NL East and the NL West. So that's. I just wanted to clarify that because I remember we wanted to talk about it yesterday. Last thing, Paulie. Um, sure. Wander Franco, who is, you know, just absolutely killing it now. He's down to 4-1 to one for AL Rookie of the Year. Adalis Garcia, this is at DraftKings, plus 350. And the short shot, and the not the short shot, the favorite remains Franco's teammate, Randy Arosarena, who's at minus 125. How can you not give this to Franco at this point? Volume, really. I mean, he's he's done great. He's fulfilled the, the expectations that, that you're looking for. But I think Arena being the favorite is correct. Now, I, I believe early in, maybe it was May or June, I, I, I told you that Adelise Garcia had a better chance of being cut in fantasy leagues at some point in the summer uh, than staying on the team all year. I was definitely concerned about his plate skills. They've caught up. It's still a great season. He gets another homer and a stolen base. He's a 30-10 player. That's awesome. But if you look... Since about, uh, I want to say, June, uh, June at some point, he's been really rough. Meanwhile, Rosarena and Franco are working their way up. But I'm telling you, Gil, 
as great as Rosarena's been, and here's the crazy part. He has uh, 2x the playing time of Franco. They have uh, almost identical war, 2.6 to 2.2, which speaks very well to Franco. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at 520 point appearances to 261, I think you really have to give it to the guy who has 520, and they have the same uh, WRC plus at 129. So they're putting out the same offensive production. I've been doing it 2x to what you're doing. You got to give credit to Franco for being great, but a Rosarena has to carry that for me. I would need to see Franco overtake him by a decent bit to where he has like a, a 135 WRC plus and a Rosarena falls down to like 115. Jeez. But other than that, I got to go Rosarena because the volume matters. Playing a full season really matters. 10 seconds. What world are we living in where, where Tatis is minus 300 for NL MVP and Juan Soto's 100 to 1. What are, what are we doing? It's absolutely insane, but that's just where we are. And the injuries, especially to Tatis, have changed things. Soto being stuck on a rotten team doesn't help things either. The, narr- the, the, the These media members cannot quit Tatis. Paul Spore, everybody, from Fangrass. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it, man. Yo, have a good one. Take care. Paul Spore, flexible. Was supposed to be on yesterday. Uh, got bumped to today. Still does it with a smile. We love Pauly. Uh, good luck with all the bets. Let's get the tennis bets home. Krajikova and Alcaraz. Alcaraz. Let's get it done. Air at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Lombardi line is next. Enjoy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.